Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. Searching for clues to discover God's mysterious plan for your family? Then don't change that dial. Join us now in our discussion of the mystery of parenthood. Here are your hosts, Trey and Stephanie Cashin. Good afternoon. It is, um, I guess, the last uh, Tuesday in November of 2017. And um, Stephanie had uh, previous engagements she couldn't get out of. And so it's me and... Thaddeus, it's Father's Day today. It's Father's Day today. That's what we're not gonna be literally talking about but fathers. Yeah, it's not so to speak. <laughs> so to speak is right. I think uh, it's not a bad thing to be doing as we enter in, into uh, Advent to be thinking about um, Saint Joseph and and our roles as parents and and maybe reengaging ourselves and and trying to uh, become the men that God created us to be, particularly the father husbands and fathers that He created us to be. And so um, we'll begin, let me begin with the prayer, and um, and then we'll get moving on that. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Lord God, from you every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, Grant that the church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who was life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Pope St. John Paul II, pray, pray for, for us. us. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray, pray for, for us. In the name of the Father, Father and the Son, and, Son, and, and of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So I, I was listening and I, I've thought about this a lot and it really is kind of a foundational principle of, of this show for how many ever years we've been doing it. But it kind of, it, it came up the other day and I think I was listening to, to Catholic radio, go figure. Um, and, and uh, I heard somebody make a comment along the lines of what, you know, why did God reveal himself as father, you know, my father and many other fathers I see are not people that I would run to for help or that I would trust in or feel any affection towards. And, um, and I, and then the comment came back, which is true that, that that's why we have to understand that God himself is, is the source of fatherhood. He is the, he is, we have to understand who God is and how Jesus came to reveal God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in order for us to actually fruitfully and pr- productively and faithfully strive to become images of him. He's entrusted, <laughs> which is, I mean, you think of the humility, he's entrusted um, 
to some extent, the revelation of himself to every father. Um, excuse me. I forgot to turn that off. I'm usually pretty good about that. Come on, Trey. Isn't that awful? Um, it's one of the rules for Catholic fathers. Turn off your yeah, turn ringer. Off your, turn off your ringer. Um, but anyway, the um, I think... I think that it's important for us to remember that. Again, if you, I've I've said this before. I remember a long time ago as I was working on, um, on my master's in theological studies that, that that a priest said, "Why would you want to do that? How's that going to help you?" And I think at the time I probably didn't know um, for sure what the answer was, but intuitively I thought, "Well, it's going to help me with everything." But I think it's really important to remember that um, studying theology and understanding how God has revealed himself as Trinity, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is essential to us being able to um, accurately at least strive to reflect who God is, which is <laughs> which is something that... Um, that's been entrusted to us. And if you listen, listen to say, I'm going to, I'm going to read um, from St. Paul, which kind of gives a flavor of this. And then, and then a catechism verse to kind of get a springboarding. And then there was a, an article that I found that I thought was helpful and maybe something we could touch on that was a, from Catholic uh, integrated life um, regarding rules for Catholic fathers. Um, anyway, let me start with this. St. Paul says, after in, this is in Ephesians 3, 14 and following, he says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with might through his Son, I mean through his Spirit in the inner man, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. You hear there that every family in heaven and on earth is named, based, centered on, is meant to be um, named after the Father. So anyway, um, let me go on from there. So he's he shows us that. And then we have uh, this quote, which I think is, really helpful is this is catechism 2214 it says the divine fatherhood is the source of human fatherhood this is the foundation of the honor owed to parents the respect of children whether minors or adults for their father and mother is nourished by the natural affection born of the bond uniting them it is required by god's commandment now i find it interesting there that you know Divine, the divine fatherhood, the fatherhood that is revealed to us through Jesus and his incarnation is the foundation, is what it says, the foundation of the honor owed to parents. So again, tapping into how God has revealed himself helps us understand what our role is and how our children should try to respond to us, but what what we are intended to and how we're supposed to act. Um, I think that that's, again, pointing us back to the fact that we as parents 
need to attempt to try to understand how does God handle circumstances? How does God respond when, um, when his children disobey? <laughs> how does he respond um, when they do well? What, what, is, what is he like? Um, well, I mean, John, John, St. John, and it says God is love. He's not like anything. He's love. And love is revealed in and through Jesus Christ, who reveals the fact that they're Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Listen to this. The Christian family constitutes a specific revelation and realization of ecclesial or church communion. And for this reason, it can be, it could and should be called a domestic church. The family, as we've always said, I mean, this radio station is called Red Sea for religious education for the domestic church. Pointing to this, it says that the family is meant to be a revelation and a realization of this communion, this church communion, which is, in a sense, not even in a sense, it really is, the church is an outward sign, a sacrament of sorts, of God's presence in this world. And so, again, the family is meant to reveal and realize this communion of persons, which begins from all time, from all eternity, in the source of all unity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, John Paul II actually says that God reveals himself as communion, as family, as a father, as a son, and as what holds the family together, love, the Holy Spirit. And then he's given us a mother. So there is in this, in, in the true sense, in, we have to understand to be, to attempt to be good parents, that we are meant to be, meant to strive to, accurately reflect to this world who God is. Well, the only way we know who God is is through Jesus Christ and what he's revealed about God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so studying that and then asking, how do I apply that? How do I make it real um, in my day-to-day actions? How do I allow God to show himself to this world um, to my children through that. Is that maybe I've taken a long time to frame this, but I, but I think, Excellent. I think, I think that speak real briefly on what is the catechism talking about when it says that the family is its own revelation. That might sound surprising to people. Well, it says that it, that it, it, it is a specific revelation and a, and a realization. So again, revelation means to reveal. So, so it is meant to be something that, shows something about um, itself. So about, in this case, it says it's a revelation of ecclesial communion, meaning it's a revelation of what church and its communion is meant to be. So if we look at the church and we understand ecclesiology, if we understand what the church is and how she is who God has revealed her to be, that should teach us how we as a family, if we've gone back and forth about, well, how does God handle uh, sin, for example? Well, 
sin, there, there can be consequences as a result of sin, but ultimately he provides an answer for sin, sending his only son, and that we have to um, come to into agreement with the fact that we have broken with the way God wanted us to be, recognize that we have, state clearly the truth that we've broken with that, and then be reunified by asking for forgiveness. And that God is the God of mercies is always going to forgive us when somebody asks. Jesus says, forgive, you know, how many times? 70 times seven. I mean, we're not taking tick marks and 490, but so in a sense with forgiveness, for example, we're supposed to reveal in the family this truth that the family is a place of of mercy, but not at the expense of truth. <laughs> it's, it is in keeping with truth that it's a place of mercy. See, a lot of people tend to think that like truth and or justice and mercy are kind of against each other. They're always butting heads and they can't stand together. We, we know from revelation of who God is, that's not true. What that means is, is that we can hold somebody to the truth. We have to, we have to ask our children Teach them what the truth is. Say, this is what you're called to. When you fail, you have to say, you know what? I've fallen. I've, I've failed to meet what is true. But I always know that I can come back to my father. I can come back to my mother asking for forgiveness and that they will give it to me. If I, you know, if in our house we name it and claim it, you got to say what, what you did wrong so that we clearly understand it, that we can address how it violated some truth, you know, that you shouldn't hit your brother for, for no reason or whatever. It be, because why? The truth is, is that your brother is made in the image and likeness of God and you're meant to love him and care for him. And while you can disagree and maybe even get angry, there's ways that you're not supposed to handle that. And so... You handled it this way. That's the truth. Are you sorry? Yes, I recognize that I am sorry. Will you please forgive me? And then that's asking to be reunited to the family, right? But then you'd also probably say, as penance, so you know, I'm using the quote fingers, now what you have to do is go back to your brother and ask for his forgiveness. Right. Will you please forgive me? What are you doing there? You are, you are, in that case, you're accurately reflecting. And as a father, you're appropriately leading in revealing what ecclesial community, what, what union inside the church or union to the church, union to the body of Christ is based on. It's based on truth and love. It's based on, on, on justice and mercy. You can't have a family that accurately reveals that if we don't understand that those are, you don't dismiss the truth you hold them to it, but you don't also sometimes, you know, truth without love, truth without forgiveness can be extraordinarily harsh. It can be, you're out of here. You, you're no longer part of my family, which, you know, I, I don't know anybody that's had that happen, but I've, but I, but I've, I've heard that there have been families where that's the case. You cross some line and then you're gone. A family's meant to do that. And so that's a revelation. It's revealing. So we reveal to our children, we reveal to each other, in some sense, in our family, what that union of, of, of the church family and the, on the much larger scale is. Um, 
And a realization is that too. It, yeah. It's a it, realization means it. It actually from the grace given to us in and through the church, we're realizing this communion by knowing what's true, by recognizing that we're meant to be this, and so we're actually realizing what Jesus came to do, which is to make our family be unified, make our family be an accurate sign of that. Did that make sense? Or yeah, it's very good. Is that way very good? Way too much. <laughs> Oh, not at no. all. All right. So let's go on to the the article, right? Yeah, let's go. Let's do that. I, I we I framed it because um, because I think that it's important for us to remember as as fathers that we have certain expectations of us from the church. Among them, having some awareness of the fact that as a father, if God's given you children that you're meant to strive to be an accurate, you're meant to strive to be an accurate reflection of God himself. Okay, now I'll just qualify before we go. The other side of this coin is, is you are not God. (laughs) So you also need to be an accurate reflection of what it means to be a sinful man as well. Right? I mean, so there's the flip side. We're going to focus on probably the positives here. This is what we should strive for. But when we fail, the answer is, I'm not a good father, forget it. God gives us the grace within the sacrament to, to actually overcome those things, confess those sins, strive, and continue to strive in the face of the fact that we recognize that we are still sinners. But as a father, the, the church actually says, you also are a witness when you ask for forgiveness from your kids, when you show them when you have violated the truth. And one of the most critical ones is as a father is when you, when you actually are not an accurate reflection. I've said this to my kids before, probably not enough, but I think it's reasonable to say whenever I do, it may not, it may not have anything to do with how you particularly feel about how I'm doing as a father. But whenever I am most like God is when I am being a good father whenever I am most like me as a sinful person, that's me. And so there, I think it's so, and you, and you, you really need, again, I've talked to you about this before. You have to communicate with your kids and think through and in moments when, when the opportunity presents them presents itself, be willing to walk them through the fact, Hey, you know what? I lost my temper. And I got very angry, and I maybe said things that I didn't. That is not God. That's that is Trey Cashin. <laughs> That's me. And for that, I ask for your forgiveness. And then you can be like Jesus to me in that sense. So I think that that I just want to make sure that we qualify because I think we can get. And one of the biggest issues that I've that I've seen is, you know, we tend to think, okay from the outside, you know, everybody, they all handle it perfectly and, and that. And so they, people get discouraged when they're called to a high standard because they think everybody's living to this standard. That's not, that's not typically accurate. Some obviously are doing better than others, but the issue is, I think Stephanie has a, has a saying that's on the wall. I think it's St. Um, Opus Day. Who's that? St. Jose Maria, Jose Maria Escriba. Escriba says, you know, a saint is is just a sinner who 
never quit trying to be a saint. Mm. <laughs> I mean, great. so you, so, you, so it's, good. it's not about, it's not about, um, it's not about always being the saint. It, what it is about is always getting up and, and recognizing when you sin and when you fail and explaining that to your kids and then moving forward. So anyway, we had this harder, the, the, the title of this, this was a little over three years ago. Um, on integratedcatholiclife.org, um, it was important rules for Catholic fathers. And um, anyway, I and this is kind of typical, kind of how things come up sometimes. And he starts it off, the the uh, author, Randy Hain, I hope I'm saying that right, says, you know, during a coffee meeting with a friend not long ago, he said, this is him writing, you seem to have your act together on the fatherhood front. What's your secret? Well, you know, he goes on to talk through um, what it means to have it together. And then he says, he gives us these. He says, if we consider what Scripture and the church teaches, we can look at these four points as our guide. And I think these are good ones to talk about. And then further on down, he he gives us some hints, which I think are, you know, things that we can do um, to help make it real. So... um, Let's see. Um, there was a quote here that he used, and I may I'm going to say it right now because this is from Pope Saint John the Twenty Third, who who convened the Second Vatican Council. He says it's easier it's easier for a father to have children than for children to have a real father. Well, that's a, that sounds like a real Italian. <laughs> yes, but the, but the I quote. think uh, and it probably sounds better in 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 Italian too. But that's a uh, very that's a very earthy. You know, it is because uh, real frank, right? Because what it points to as fatherhood is we got to remember having children that your biological parent is something that you're no different than an animal from from that standpoint. I mean, if you just look at it just biologically, um, but because we are humans, because Jesus Christ has come and redeemed us because he's revealed to us what a father is. We are not only called to strive to do that, but we're, we're called to be like he is a father to us, not to abandon our children, not to do that. So I'm going to go um, through this first list, which is, which he gives as a, as kind of a, a guide. Our vocation, this is number one. Our vocation is to get our families to heaven. <laughs> our vocation means to call. It's a call from God. So God is calling us. If How does he call us? If he's given you a child, <laughs> you have the call. All right? And that call is to get our families to heaven. Now, listen, I think what's important to remember here, how do we get our, how do we get our families to heaven? Well, he's going to talk about some of this here, but we need to recognize that that is the ultimate goal, not to get them in college, not not to get them to make straight A's, not to get them to be popular or smart. Those are all things that are there, but the ultimate end is for all of us. Now, for me, practically speaking, uh, it wasn't, I guess it was probably six or seven months ago, sitting in a Bible study and somebody had said that there's a, that there's a uh, prayer, I think, revealed to St. Faustina. Well, I know it was because it's in the Divine Mercy, the Chapel of Divine Mercy, and he said that Jesus promises that whatever you pray for with with um, 
you know, blood and water which gush forth from the heart of Jesus as a fountain of mercy for us. I trust in you, or we trust in you. He said, if you put anything in that, that he will always honor that prayer. Well, I can tell you right now, I would give you, um, and you don't have to use that prayer, but I daily attempt to try to remember that what I, my most important prayer is to pray for the salvation of me and my wife and of my children, that they all have conversions, that God brings them to a saving conversion, a lasting conversion, a conversion that gets them to heaven, because ultimately that's God's gift. So if that's our vocation and that is the primary end, um, practically for me, and I think for every dad out there, we ought to be praying. I heard one that's been a challenge. I think it's the, there's like a, the, like the surfer guy out there, Bear, some, I forget what his name Bear is. Bear Wozniak. Bear Wozniak and and I mean he challenges you know if you're if you're if you're not paying an hour for your kids every day challenge then I mean I, I don't know what the exact words are but but as, as the translation of well then you're a wimp <laughs> you're not you're 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 falling short hmm. that's a challenge to me because that's hard but but remember every time you get a text from your kid every time that you get something that reminds you of your kid, a phone call from your wife saying that they're misbehaving, whatever it may be, just remember to remember that child in a prayer at that moment. And you'll find that you're praying often about them because they will come to mind. You'll get a text. You'll get something from them that will remind you. Just, just ask for God the grace to remember and say a quick prayer, Lord, I pray that they will have a conversion if they aren't have, or they'll undergo ongoing conversion if they will ultimately um, receive and accept the salvation that you offer them and that we'll be in heaven together again. So, um, that's anyway. beautiful. So, uh, number two, so the first one was our vocation is to get our families to heaven. Number, number two, and this kind of speaks to what we're talking about with regard to the image. It says, Our children are always watching us, they will likely model later in life what they learn at home. Now, I, we had Jim Beckman on this show before, and I, and I actually went to hear him speak at a, at a youth um, gathering. I guess it was speaking to parents. And while I don't have this information in front of me, what I do remember about what he said was is that, that most um, research points to the fact that, that kids will revert when they hit 25, 26, 27 to what they remember about their fam- about their family life. So you, he said, oftentimes you'll see children maybe break away when they when they get to college and and back, and then they'll revert to their family life. And he said that goes both ways. If you came from a family where there was not much faith, and say you come to a beautiful place like St. Mary's, there's a there is some threat to the fact that even if they leave St. Mary's, you may find that. Maybe is on fire as they may be that they it's on sand. They'll they'll they will revert back to what they remember about living in their family. So you know what I remember is we never miss mass. I remember that of my dad. I mean there was I mean it didn't matter where we were. I mean we could be. I mean we were always going to find mass. My dad was always with us at mass. Right. I remember that. Same. And so. I think that that's, I mean, that's just who, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I believe that that's because I, I remember seeing him there. Yeah. And so we are being watched. 
and we've got to remember we're being watched, yeah. which is, again, why you need to be not only – I think they'll pick up on the good things, but you really need to watch. I know me – Personally, I have to be if they're if they're looking at us and they're modeling us at a minimum, if they're going to model me later in my work, you know, in my worst in my worst situations, I need to at least have pointed out that's not the way I should have handled it. Mm -hmm. I'm wrong for handling that. Please do not model me in that. And if you do grow up later, you know, lose your temper, get get, a, you know, I, I tend to have a short temper and I tend to get upset around about when I look back, oftentimes trivial things. I mean, ultimately, mm-hmm. and not setting a good example for myself. Yeah, standpoint. but I think you and I are the same way in that way. And I think oftentimes we get aroused or riled up by trivial things because I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to build a, no. build us up or toot our horns. But I'm just trying to say how how I think we both think or approach things. I think trivial things set us off sometimes because we are Extending. thinking towards the big picture and we're thinking about what does this little trivial thing, what is it setting up or what is it a characteristic of or a, right. a hint of what's going to come later if it's allowed to grow into a weed. Right, exactly. You know? And I, I think you're right about that. I, I, I still, at, at a minimum, I think it's okay to get up. It's how I handle that issue Mm -hmm. it's it's the fact that i think sometimes um sometimes if i look back i could still address the issue in a calmer sure (laughs) me too less uh so what again point it out make sure you point it out don't say i'm always right i always handle things perfectly but you know what be what happens is i found that kids think when I talk to them older, they think that you're close to perfect, like you've never done. I mean, I hear them sometimes to go, "Wait a second, hey, let's they be might really be listening clear. right now. Don't you yeah, might not want to let them in yeah, on that right yes, now. But let's be clear about something. I'm a sinner. I make mistakes sometimes accidentally, sometimes in full <laughs> uh, consent, mm-hmm. and I need to allow them to know that that's part of being I, a human. I think though that the on the other side of that, which goes to the remembering that we're made in God's image and we're, we're working with the grace of the sacrament, but we're also sinners. So I think the other side of being willing to admit errors and say sorry, you can't be undermining your authority by going around and apologizing all the time for when you didn't handle a situation perfectly the right way. When you No, I, I agree. You know? And so—, so so here's how I got to find that balance. You do have to find that balance and you have to recognize and, and you can, you can maintain authority. You ha- but you, again, you have to speak to that. There are many times when I've told my kids first and foremost, it's basically number one. My job is to make sure that I get you to heaven. I am a fallen and imperfect person and I may make bad decisions because of that. But if I feel compelled that that's the right thing in order to get you to heaven (laughs) and I do it, then I'm okay with God. I'm willing to listen to you, maybe point out the fact that maybe I'm not handling this okay, but I still have the authority 
and the responsibility. And ultimately, I will be judged based on was I purposeful as a dad? Was I intentional as a dad? Was I thinking about these things? And to what extent did I do it? But I, you, you stand up on your authority always, even when you apologize. Mm-hmm. You apologize in light of, I don't think I, in my role as an, as an authority, which has not changed, I did not use my authority as right. well as I ought to have. Right. Because my, my authority is meant to serve you. My authority is meant to make you a better person. Right. Whether that hurts or not, I'm called to do what's right for you. So I think that is that Catholic balance, that both and, that tension that has to be there required. And so that's why I think you have to be intentional, thoughtful, prayerful right. on that. I wanted to go just back real quickly that number one about our vocation is to get our families to heaven. And I was just going to offer that um, I didn't hear that phrase so much growing up. Um, what my father talked a lot about was he said that um, he was raising me to uh, his his fathering and he and his my mom's parenting me was part of participating in God's providence. Absolutely. That he was he was acting a, as a a, pl- a player on the stage so to speak of God's uh divine you know. Well there's a, there's a man play that, for me. There's a there's a man who who understands that he's meant to be an accurate reflection and he is he and his wife are meant to be accurate reflections of who God is because that's it because we are meant to make manifest, visible, <laughs> the God who is invisible. Not because we're taking that on ourselves, but because from a Catholic perspective, God has entrusted us with that. Yeah. And so that's, that's weighty. That's, that's heavy. It's not something you push off lightly and say, well, somebody else can handle that. We can send them to this Catholic school or we can send them to, again, those are all good things. But ultimately, if we're honest with ourselves, God placed those children in our hands for us not to abdicate that responsibility, not to push it off on somebody else, but to actually embrace it and be that sign. And that's why we have, unfortunately, people who now say, well, I don't, I'm not sure I want to go after a father, after a God who calls himself father, because my father wasn't there. Well, we need to break that cycle. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we, I mean, me, you, Thaddeus, our boys need to understand that's your that that if you're called to be a well, all men are called ultimately to be a father. I mean, of of sorts have children. You and I are, you know, in the typical sense, but there are priests. That that I would consider fathers of me spiritually. Oh sure. Um, and so every man is ultimately called to become a father. Somebody who calls truth calls them out to be more than they think they can be, challenges them, makes them stronger. That's what a father's meant to be. So, but it's always in light of we need to try to do it the way God is, and we need to recognize we're a steward. God's entrusted these children to us. Is there anything else on that? That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, 
Number three was we are made for heaven, not for this world. So let's act accordingly. And again, that I think, I think can be, it's kind of extension of what we're talking about here. You know, the idea that we're in this world, but not of it is something that every time we go to mass, we should attempt to point out. We should have kind of a framework saying that, look, we're at mass over here at St. Mary's and these are all people that we know, but we need to recognize that we're participating in the heavenly liturgy, that we're, so there's got to be this sense that we're pointing to the invisible reality, which is the fullness of the truth that includes us in that deal, but is not, but, but is more than us. It transcends us, but we're in it. That's, that again is part of the father's role in terms of is always pointing to the fact that there's more here than just meets the eye. And that's really goes beyond that. I mean, beyond that, but certainly that is a great opportunity. You know, you don't have to say that every time you go to mass, but you, but you need to ask the question once in a while. Now, when we're at mass, where, where are we really, you know, well, we're taken up into heaven or we're at the foot of the cross. Both of those are true statements. Um, it's where (laughs) heaven and earth meet. That's where we are. So as ordinary as, comfortable as we feel in in our parish setting we should be somewhat in awe of the fact that we in reality are with all those people who've gone before us the saints in heaven with mary with the angels etc so um and so we're made for that we need to act that way number four is our children are god's gift to us the love and care we show our children is our gift back to God. Um, again, I think that that points to maybe the, the, the fact that we need to recognize that everything that we do for our children, if it's changing diapers when they're young or taking them to practice or correcting them when they're, when they're wrong or caring for them when they're hurt, those are all things that can be offered to God in and through specifically in and through the mass so as parents, as part of the prayer, praying for them, we should be offering, Lord, help me to recognize you and in, in my child. Help me to recognize what you're asking me to do in these sometimes seemingly mundane, ordinary, maybe repetitive moments. And help me to see you and allow me to offer my handling of that situation back to you through your son, Jesus Christ particularly through the mass. And I think that that's, that's the best we can do. But the idea of gift, I think, is is that uh, I think it was St. Robert Bellarmine, and I've got the I don't have it with me, but, but it would have been good to have it here. References that, you know, our kids are like the talents that are given to, to the, we just had that reading the other day, The Last Judgment with the talents. Mm-hmm. I think it's St. Robert that our kids are like talents, and, and God will come back and ask, for the gift plus the interest, you know, what have you done uh, with the gift I've given you? Um, and again, that points to the fact that I think part of our judgment as parents, as fathers in particular, um, is going to be based on what did I do to make this gift better because of my interaction with <laughs> with that child? In other words, what did I do um, with God's grace, not, not by myself, 
but in using God's grace to help them become more of who God wanted them to be and ultimately to get them to heaven. So I think those four are good ones. Um, I think, you know, he, he ends that with saying, you know, feeling convicted. <laughs> Me too. I, I think if I look at any, any one of these four, I mean, I can always be reminded of those things. And, 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 um, and I, and if I'm honest, I frequently fall short on that. Um, yeah. And he has a nice quote from Archbishop Gomez of Los Angeles, at, uh, a few oh, paragraphs awesome. down who Go ahead. remarked, quote, it's a promise. The vocation of fatherhood is a promise to be faithful, um, to the vocation of being a father, even after a long day of work, even if he'd rather be doing something else, instead he will smile and laugh and take delight in spending time and playing games with his kids because that's what fathers do. They keep their promise to love. Well, see, and that's that's something where I, I remember if you're talking about trust, I mean, I can remember a young kid, kid saying, you know, and, and me holding myself and trying to remember the fact that What's trace? What's trust based on? Trust is be, is based on somebody doing what they say they're going to do over and over again. You, you trust somebody when they do what they say they're going to do. Well, if we're meant to be in some sense a an image of the father, and the father is meant to be, it, it well the father we know is a trustworthy God, a God who will do what he says he's going to do. Then we need to make every effort to do the best we can to be faithful to the fact that we're meant to serve. They should know that they can come to us with anything mm-hmm. and that if there's a football game on or whatever, you know, for me, that's the, that's the big, the big one that, you know, gets me particularly this time of year you know, out, of, out of whack. Um, if they call, if they come, do I, push pause do i stop do i turn off do i go down the stairs if i need to whatever it is do i do that and that's really um how we show ourselves to be like god the father because he will stop he's always there um so anyway um I think it said, you know, there's another that says, after prayer and reflection, it seems obvious to me that most fathers likely face the same choices. And this isn't either or. It says, we can relinquish our father fatherly responsibilities to others. We can allow peers, TV, the internet, video games, and godless materialistic culture to raise our children and just hope for the best. Or we can live up to our responsibilities and our vocation as fathers. We are called to be holy, and our clear vocation is to help our family get to heaven. That's a tall order and requires courage, hard work, difficult choices, and lots of prayer. And I do think that that is, you know, the, what's the reality? Is I think that choice is made moment to moment. And sometimes we that's not like a, I mean, you can wake up every morning and say, I'm going to do the latter. <laughs> but you may find yourself in the former and that's when you have to just recognize it. But just recognize what we're called to and do not give up. Do not quit because you fail. That's not a Christian attitude. Do not quit because you don't live up to the standard. We cannot live up to the standard without God's grace. We can't have God's grace unless we admit that we're not living up to the standard 
that we're sorry for not living up to the standard and that we require more grace. Because grace is what ultimately is going to make the change in us. That's a Christian Catholic worldview. So just because you see other dads, well, they do so much better than me. I mean, who am I? Well, if there is a child who you're the father of, you're guaranteed that God wants to give you the grace to become better, to overcome whatever gets in the way. Guaranteed. There, there's no, <laughs> there's no, there's nothing better than to pray a prayer, a prayer that is guaranteed to be answered with a yes. God, give me the grace. Just remember, <laughs> if you have these, if you tend towards the top list of internet, TV, football games, etc., getting that, how is God going to provide you and where is he going to provide you the grace? In the midst of the moments that are the challenge so that you can recognize it, that you're overcoming it. And so we got to be ready when that phone call comes. You got to be ready when the wife says, come down here, or when the child starts crying for some reason and it's at an inopportune moment. Hey, here's a, a question for you. How does a, how does a father, um, okay, set a, set a good example to other fathers around him, say like, you know, his peer group, right? but do it in such a way that it doesn't look like almost an impossible standard for those peers to come up to. You know, I think, I think sometimes that can, I think people can get discouraged when they, when they, Uh, no question. Do you know what I mean? When they look at, they look at a, a a father husband who is, that's what, that's really just taking it seriously and doing it well. They can, they can almost think, Oh, you know, I don't even, where do I even begin? Right. So, What's the use in even trying? Right. And, I, and I've, I've felt that before because, you know, I, part of the reason that this came was because there was this family, absolutely a ba- Baptist family that they had, that we, it's like their kids always behave. They always do this. And there was, all, you know, and they said, well, if you do it this way, then this is what you'll get. And we tried to do it their way. And that wasn't necessarily what we were getting. And so you become, you become, despondent you become like i I mean obviously it works for them so it must work but whatever i'm doing is not listen you and your wife are you and your wife you're separate different (laughs) with different things so as if you're the one that is the one that everybody's looking towards i think it's important for you to remember because i mean unless you're uh, unbelievably superior, you have those moments when you fail. It, it may be in the back room with the child, by how you handle it, nobody else knows that you failed at that. You need to be open instead of trying to live up to, hey, I'm this great dad, be willing to show them, hey, look, man, I fail at this too, you know, or I used to fail at this and this is what I this is what I did, and it really wasn't me. It's God intervening in my life. I mean, point to what's true. <laughs> you know, I have tried. You know, I didn't get here without working. However, I still fail, and the way I handle that failure is to admit that I've failed, bring it to confession, ask for the grace of the sacrament of matrimony and for the grace of confession to address that particular problem. And point back to it's God who's going to make the change. So, anyway, um, 
That's a great question because I've experienced that as the one that's not living up to the to the standard. The other thing I point to is the sacrament. Remember, God's children have been less than obedient. God's children have failed, so you're in good company. Right. I mean, um, when you do that. I think we just got a little bit here, but I'm trying to go through some yeah, of this. I thought there were some good points. A little under four minutes. Yeah. So one we've talked about this. He talks about how do you how do you do this? Make most of the of our time together. Make time for your kids. Again, like uh, Bishop Gomez talks about, you know, um, say yes to them when they want to play when you're tired. <laughs> you know, when you come home and they want to, they hey, Daddy, can you come do it? What I found is, particularly when they're younger, but even when they're not, 10 or 15 minutes, you know, at me at 50, 10 or 15 minutes goes by like a second. But 10 or 15 minutes to a 10-year-old is a lifetime because they don't, they don't have the same perspective. So you may think, well, if I can't go invest an hour with them, that, that that's not, that's no stop and see God calling you in that moment to give time to them. And it could be just playing, talking, a hug, whatever. So, wow. That, uh, that really hits home. Yeah. I mean, but, that, Trey, but, but I, but I think I we tend to struggle, struggle mightily with that. But I think we over, we do, we over, we, we tend to apply, well, if I can't spend, 30 or 45 minutes with you, then it's not worth it. I think little, again, it's like pennies you throw into the the deal. Just be known for the one that says, okay, yes. And you may even say, hey, I've only got a little bit of time, but you're so important. I want to take time with you, but I'm going to have to break away in a little bit. So I'm going to set a timer or something. Is that okay? You're first. <laughs> and then go. The other one, I think, we a little bit listen before lecturing. Oh, uh, yeah, that's another, <laughs> conve- you know, I would say that we, we all could, remember to just bite your tongue um, before you give an answer. Um, I'm going to skip over a few of these. Um, Honor the sacrament of marriage. I always said, you know, the best way to make your kids feel at home and comfortable is to make them recognize that they came from you and your, and the mother (laughs) and that you honor your mother and honor the sacrament. So pray openly for your marriage. I pray every night in front of them for the marriage between me and Stephanie. And if there are people out here listening who are in irregular situations, yes, absolutely. And broken marriages, divorce, whatever, I think a way to apply this, and I'm sure that this is difficult, but to honor your spouse in front of your children in the way that you talk about them, the way you right, think I about think so. them. I think so. And then trust that Jesus be wed pray to for, and pray for that desire for that, to do that. Pray for the desire to do that and be be that. Um, take Jesus or Mary or both as as a spouse of somebody that you consult. I mean, yes. you know, so that you're so that you're there. Anyway, I thought those were some. There were some other ones that he had done here, but we're we're drawing to a close here. But uh, hopefully, this was helpful. Um, and um, just God bless you guys. Remember, I think that I would I would say do uh, Ephesians three fourteen through seventeen as being the verse of the of the week, and um, just remember, um, pray, parent with purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you, and He will. Fathers, go get them, man. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this local production of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Tune in next week at the same time to hear Trey and Stephanie Cashin share more on the mystery of parenthood. 